Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lifelong Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Molly from Three Pines Leadership, and thank you for spending this part of your day with me. Yay. So you can join me on the Lifelong Podcast on whatever podcast platform you like to use. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, all of that kind of stuff. But you can also follow the Lifelong Podcast in video format at Three Pines Leadership on YouTube. Yeah, that's right. We are in video format. We're in this new millennium. (laughs) You can also connect with me on uh, Instagram or Facebook at Three Pines Leadership as well. Woohoo! Well, today I want to share with you another interview from the Mindset and Impact Virtual Summit that happened uh, earlier in July. Uh, it was it was an amazing experience because I got to connect with so many new, exciting people. And I was able to connect with this woman who from the first message I got back from her, I knew we were going to hit it off like two things that hit it off quite well. I can't, I can't think of anything right now. Um, this is, I'm talking about Megan Joanne. She's an amazing coach that works with um, former athletes and helps them uh, take them, mo- like take charge of their lives by making the most of their bodies. Um, and it's, it was fantastic to sit down and talk to her because at the summit she shared with us, uh, her session was called Mindset is Everything because it's, Yeah, it's that simple, my friends. Mindset is everything. When it comes to resiliency, when it comes to overcoming obstacles, when it comes to living your best possible life, the secret is mindset. And so she shared with us why mindset is so important, as well as a great intro to mindset if you've never heard of this concept before at all, and gave us really great tips on how we can shift from being um, in a stagnant mindset to being in an abundant mindset. It's pretty fantastic. And then we were able to sit down afterwards and go into uh, all of these ideas a lot deeper. And I'm so, so grateful I had the experience to be able to connect with uh, Megan Joanne and to be able to have that incredible, incredible conversation. And I get to share this conversation with you. So without any more delay, I'm going to throw it to uh, to myself and Megan Joanne. So I'll see you after the cut, everyone. Peace. I was so enthralled with what you were talking about because mindset to me is something that changed my own life. Mm -hmm. I know like it's easy to talk about mindset when you're, when you're talking about sports. Yes. It's a topic that comes up a lot, but it's so transferable to the rest of our lives. Like Mm -hmm. every aspect of your life can be tied into how do you see that? What glasses, what lenses are you literally looking at the world through? Are you looking through a fixed mindset where everything is a challenge, everything's difficult, everything's your fault, everything mm-hmm. is, is happening to you. When on the other hand, you can embrace that growth mindset where you are part of that change in the world, where you are taking responsibility for what you are doing in your own life. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's been fantastic. So thank you so much for sharing that topic with us. Yay, you're welcome. <laughs> um, I want to ask you about, um, you, you brought up the idea that um, you can't really be perfect. Like what happens when you are perfect? 
So when I was going to high school, I went to this really weird hippie high school that was wonderful <laughs> and amazing. But one of the core parts of the philosophy was that there's no such thing as 100%. No matter how smart a student was, you could never get perfect on anything. And the idea was that once you give someone perfect, they stop wanting to grow. They stop wanting to learn. Mm -hmm. so what has that been like in your own, um, your own life, in your own sports? Yeah, um, kind of the same. Like, that's, that's really how I felt, um, you know, growing up just in sports. And it's funny because I've had this conversation with my younger brother because he has a great example of this. Um, he was kind of the athlete who was naturally talented and basically got everything like handed to him in a way like you know I had to work my butt off but he because he was so good and because he was so known like his coaches made sure that he didn't fail in school so like even if he wasn't doing well um he they, they would have a hand in that and and making you know his grade bump up a little bit and he even said that um and we just talked about this the other day so funny that you brought it up but he even said that he had one teacher that failed him and he asked her like, why? Like, what do you mean? What happened? Like, how, how am I, how did you fail me? And she said to him that if I don't fail you, I don't know who will. And that was like so powerful. And just thinking about that, you know, thinking back to, you know, my days, I'm just thinking like, it's so important to know that perfect is just, it's unachievable. Like if you have everything handed to you or when you reach that, like there's really no more, there's nothing more you can do, right? Like you stop learning. You're like, okay, well, I'm good. So I think that for me, I really had to unlearn that mindset of perfectionism. Um, you know, and I still struggle with that because from that athlete mentality, I, I want everything to be perfect before I put it out, right? I want everything to be like, like ready to go. But the truth of the matter is like, you're never really going to be ready. And we know that about life, like things happen. I mean, look at what's happening right now in the world. Like everybody was so gung ho, January, 2020, a new decade, right? And then bam, coronavirus. Like you never know what is going to come. And, and something that I often talk about as well um, are, having these expectations, right? We have certain expectations that can really limit us. And that's why I talk about really setting clear goals and clear intentions and being really mindful of that because you don't wanna try to strive for something that is unachievable or, or unrealistic for you because at the end, because you're just gonna end up like being disappointed. You're just gonna end up kind of beating yourself up in the process. and it should be more of a positive experience for you. Yeah, I find that there's a, a nice difference between setting goals and having that ongoing motivation that you were talking about. Both are needed, but you can't really succeed without having that blend of both. So I see goals as being similar to being a, an athlete where you have a game, you have a literal score that you have to beat, you have a weight you have to lift or whatever. And so you're working towards that. And if you, they find that if you don't um, achieve that goal, 
say, say you lose the game, for example, you are more likely to give up on that idea if you only set that goal and you didn't have that purpose, you didn't have that driving force behind you. Mm -hmm. So you need that balance in your life of, of having both. What was that transition like going from being an athlete, having that structure around you to having to live a, a human life um, and trying to find that purpose and that motivation? Um, what was that like for you? Oh, man. Oh, that was a process. <laughs> if I'm being totally honest, it was, um, you know, I thought, it ha I thought I had it all figured out. I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. This is no big deal. And, you know, like, luckily, I, I will say that I did have great parents. I had, you know, my parents stayed together in marriage. And, um, you know, they set me up with some really good um, responsibilities to take on life after that and to be an adult, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, there was a lot that I realized because of how heavily influenced I was from that sport atmosphere, from, like you said, having that structure to basically just kind of being able to do whatever I wanted. Um, it was really tough. Like, it wasn't an easy process. I, I kind of like messed around in college and I didn't take it very seriously. I didn't take my relationships very seriously. I wasn't taking my health seriously. Like I kind of just like let everything kind of fall, fall. I, I, I guess the better way to put it would be like, I kind of fell off the wagon, if you will. Um, and it was hard kind of getting back into that structure. So once I let go of that structure, I didn't realize how much I needed it and how much it really kind of kept me in line. So that was like, you know, my situation. And, and I didn't, honestly, didn't even realize that until, until I found IAN, until I decided to really take my health seriously and take my life seriously. And I was in a really unhealthy relationship for a while, for four and a half years. And um, a lot of that had to do with it because I just, I just was kind of like, I don't even care anymore. Like it just made me feel really badly about myself, like not having that structure not having that motivation. Like I just kind of let things fall through the waistline. Like it was, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Did you lose your sense of purpose? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I felt like I was so invested in something for so long, you know, like gymnastics was my life. Um, it was everything I, I wanted to be, you know, an Olympic gymnast, but that fixed mindset and that fear set in. And I just felt like I lost a piece of myself. Like there was a sense of loss there. And because of that, I felt like I don't even know what my purpose is anymore because my purpose was originally to be an Olympic gymnast and that didn't happen. So I was kind of just like, okay, well, this isn't happening, but I didn't realize how much that affected me. So yeah, like it wasn't until, it wasn't until I found IAN and got it getting rejected from the physical therapy schools. Cause then there was that, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a physical therapist. And I had that goal and it didn't happen. And it was almost like the universe or God was telling me, this isn't your path. This isn't for you. And I had to just kind of like listen to that. It, it, was, it forced me to listen to that little voice in my head and say, no, this isn't, this isn't what 
you're made, this isn't what you're meant for. And when I found IIN, it was like a full body, like, yes. And that was kind of started when I re started like listening to those little intuitive signs to point me back towards my purpose. Um, and I think that we can have different purposes at different stages in our life, obviously. Like if you become a parent, your purpose is your kids, like your purpose is your family. Um, and then you progress from there. So I, I definitely don't think that you're limited to one purpose for your entire life. Um, I think every situation that you go through is leading you more in alignment to like your life's purpose. Like, and you might go through different stages, but ultimately your, your life's purpose is going to kind of like, you're going to see that light at the end of the tunnel. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. I, I was in, I think it was like grade seven careers class or something like that. <laughs> and our teacher said something that has stuck with me ever since she, mm. she asked the class, what is your ideal career? Like explain your dream career. And everyone shot their hands up and they gave very specific, uh, specific paintings. They were like, I'm going to be a doctor, period. Mm. I'm going to be, uh, we're up here in Canada, so I'm going to be a hockey player. That's what everyone wants to say. Um, but I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I want to be a teacher and I want to be a helper and I want to be a painter and I want to make things and I want to connect with people. And she looked at me and she said, you're the only one who got this idea. The idea is that your career is not the job you have. It's not your title. It's not what you're doing right then and there. It's the process. It's the mm. journey you take. It's finding all of those different roles that you can play and being, being able to flow in between them and learn the lessons from each of those stages in your life and apply them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I I have another question about, um, that I have to ask you because you're an athlete. Mm -hmm. And the mindsets of athletes, I am so curious about on a personal level, just because you're in, you're in such high stress environments and high stakes environments as well. Even if you're enjoying your sport and you, you do it because you're passionate about it, there's definitely either a coach or a parent or a viewer or someone who's watching, who's like watching intently and hoping that you're going to succeed, even if you're just there for the enjoyment. So what is it like to tell me about the mindset going into your sport when you have, here's the start clock, here's the end clock, and you got to perform in that all out. Like what happens when you walk into that, when you walk into your gymnastics meet and you're, you've got like some breakup on your mind or you've got like a test coming up or, or something like that. What do you do in those cases? Um, you know, it's very hard to switch. And I had somebody tell me this, like in any regular day, it's very hard to switch from, right? Like you go to a job, for instance, you have like, you know, like if you have a regular job or you go to your job, you work for somebody and they say, you know, leave your stuff at the door. Like you come into work, you need to have, and for many, it's very hard to do that. You know, like, especially if you just went through something really traumatic or like, you know, your house burnt down or somebody cheated on you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard for you to just switch that off. And I think as an athlete, you know, like the stresses from school for me were, were really hard. I wasn't like the greatest student in the world. So I was constantly like stressing about, oh my God, how am I going to do on this test? But 
I think for me, when it came time to perform, when it came time for me to go into my meet, I just, I had to tell myself that this is what's right in front of me right now. And if I want to succeed and if if I want to do well and I want to get judged well, then like my main purpose right now is just to perform. Like I just have to have fun. Um, You know, that was something that my coaches, which I, I really am grateful that they would tell me that, you know, like just have fun, just have fun with it. It kind of like took that weight off of my shoulders a little bit because it is nerve wracking. Like you get in there, you know, like gymnastics is not necessarily a team sport, but indirectly a team sport. Um, So you're, when you're on an event, it's just you. (laughs) so you are literally being looked at you are literally being judged so there there's not like oh maybe they're watching no 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 they are watching um and for me it was just like you know what I'm going to put on the best performance I possibly can um if if that means I just make my you know my coaches smile then you know like that that was kind of it for me I think every athlete could be different um but I just, I loved, I loved the atmosphere. I loved that atmosphere of like competing and, and getting up there. And it was like a little bit nerve wracking. Like I would get the butterflies in my stomach to perform, especially if it was on an event that I was a little unsure of, like balance beam was not really my favorite. Um, but at the end of the day, like it was so gratifying when I finished and I felt like accomplished. Like even if I didn't place, even if I didn't get the highest score ever, it was like, I did my routine. I did it the best I possibly could. Um, And it was just getting, stepping into the gym. It was kind of just like, there's so much distraction anyway. So it was kind of easy to, to leave that stuff behind me and, and get into the mindset of competing and performing and, um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's as easy to maybe do that in regular everyday life because people get, you know, like we have real stuff going on and there's nothing wrong with that either. And I don't think we should be feeling guilty or shameful about the stuff that we have going on in our lives and, and thinking that it doesn't matter just because you might have to like, okay, I have to kind of forget about this for a second um, and then go here and do this thing. But always come back to that because I think it's important for us to feel those feelings as well and kind of work through them and not just shove them down and I'll deal with it another day. Like it's definitely something, you know, that, I mean, obviously as an athlete, like I would go into a meet and then come out like, okay, now I have to go home and study and do my homework and things like that. So it was kind of like you were constantly going back and forth to, to different atmospheres. So it was a challenge, but I think for athletes, when you're just, it's easy, like I said, it's easy for those distractions to kind of help you in those situations as well. Yeah. So let's pivot for a sec and let's talk about the work that you do now. Let's talk about what kinds of roadblocks and mindset blocks are you finding from your clients? Um, so for my clients, a lot of them have a hard time with confidence. So a lot of them most likely are in a fixed mindset because they are rooted in the identity of the sport that they once played. You know, they're rooted in, in, oh, back in, back in the good old days or, oh, when I was in my prime and they're, you know, they're constantly reminiscing that stuff. Right. 
So they're constantly living in the past, which ultimately they're living in a fixed mindset. Um, they're, they're in that stage of like, oh, I can't be this anymore. And I, I'm not good enough to, to perform better now. And, and, oh, I'll never be as fit as I once was, you know, when I was a full-time athlete and, you know, just completely in like doubt mode, right? Like completely doubting themselves. And I was there, like, that was me that I fell into like some serious self-doubt. I just kind of was like, eh, it is what it is. And like, you know, that whole just let, trying to let it go. But at, at the same time, I really wasn't letting it go. Like it was just, it was inside me. But another thing I feel like athletes have a really hard time with is vulnerability because we're not able, or in some cases, we weren't really like encouraged to speak up or, you know, it was like, if we were seen as vulnerable, we were seen as weak. So it's really hard. And that's something that I've struggled with. And I see my clients struggling with, like, they're kind of like, like they want the help, but at the same time, they're like, oh, this is really hard for me. I don't know if I can go really deep. And I'm just like, listen, like, you don't even have to worry about that right now. Like, but I know that feeling because I was there. Like, I remember feeling, and I still struggle with this sometimes, like just simply asking for help for something is like, I like, I want to curl up in a ball and be like, oh my God, don't look at me. And, and that's crazy, right? Like we can ask for help. And so like, I tell my clients, like, it's okay to ask for help. It is okay to be vulnerable. Your vulnerability is strength because your vulnerability is what's going to connect you with people. It's what's going to, you know, like you sharing your story with somebody else is what is going to help other people. Like, you know, when I say I want to inspire and empower people, I want to do that through my story um, because it's powerful and, it, and somebody can be going through the same thing right now. So hearing my story of how I overcame these things and you know, worked on it, still struggle with it today, but just knowing that gives them that little piece of hope, you know, that they need. And um, that's really important for me when I'm working with my clients is to get them to understand that it's okay. Like, it's okay to feel these things. It's okay to, you know, feel restricted and feel like being vulnerable is kind of putting yourself on display. But, you know, it's just us, like, it, we're just having a conversation and yeah, so they're very, very rooted in like, in that fixed mindset, for sure. What advice do you have for, let's say, 16-year-old you? Ooh, that's a good question. I love that. Um, for 16-year-old me, when I was 16, I think I took life way too seriously. <laughs> um, you know, because coming from a gymnastics background, and, and I think most athletes can relate to this as well, or some people can relate to this. They might've had really, really strict parents. Um, I felt older than I actually was. Like, I felt like I had a very mature mind, um, you know, because we were kind of drilled to be that way. Like, as gymnasts, we had to perform. We had to put on a performance. We had to um, kind of show, like, a mature side of us. And so I always kind of felt like I was very mature. So if I was to give my 16 year old self some advice, 
it would be to have more fun. <laughs> have more fun. Don't sweat the small stuff. Like, honor the struggle. Like, that would be 100%, you know, the advice that I would give to my 16-year-old self. Oh. And then looking on the opposite side of that pancake, what are your hopes and dreams for the future? Oh, man. I, my hopes and dreams for the future are to truly make a lasting impact. Like, I really think that there's so many former athletes out there that are struggling with their health, with their body image, with you know, just the changes of life. Like, I truly feel like bringing that community together can make a crazy impact. Um, so in, in whatever ways I can do that, I'm, I'm planning on, you know, hosting some retreats. I want to get people together. I just want to be in community with people again. I think just bringing more people together and, and kind of rising up together is really where it's at. Like if we can empower and inspire more and more and more people, that ripple effect is just going to be like catastrophic. Like you're, there's no turning back. So if I could be, play a small part in that, like sign me up. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so, so much for being here. Do you have any last words you want to share with everyone back home? Oh, honor the struggle. Like hashtag honor the struggle. Like understand that your struggles are going to lead to your success. Like don't look at your su success at all the, all the good things you did. Look at your success as all the work and the blood, sweat, and tears that you had to put into that to really get to where you are today. And um, that's going to be super powerful for your success, for your mindset, for your impact, all of it. Oh, thank you so, so much. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.